0: Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana Basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on
1: earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury
2: me upside down and my critics can kiss my
0: Now here's your host,
3: Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball.
1: And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program, live and underway here on the Big X. And boy, we've got lots to get to. It's Wednesday, so we're in the middle of the week as we head back from the holidays. I know it's always a tough week to get back in the flow of things at the workplace but the good news is big game for IU coming up after a long long pause of no IU basketball not tonight but we're just over 24 hours away from an IU and Iowa contest that should be a good one and we've got some interesting news around the game not from an Indiana side but from an Iowa side that we'll talk about here in just a moment also an early plug in the show for Friday night New Albany at Jeffersonville I was just texting before the show with Larry Owens, the athletic director at Jeffersonville High School, hoping for a big crowd. It's a great game. I think the teams will be reasonably competitive with each other. I might give Jeff a little bit of a nod based on talent and some of the teams they've played and lost to this season. Uh, Some really big games that the Red Devils have been in and been a part of, and we'll see how that helps them against New Albany on Friday. But I do expect a good game hoping for a big crowd, Uh, have been pleased with some of the rivalry games so far this year and uh, as far as the crowds go, and we look forward to being there. for some reason you can't make it or you're going to be out at another game, uh, we'll have the full play-by-play story of that contest coming up on Friday evening and hope that you can join us for that. Let's take a look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, plenty of news and notes to get to. We'll start with some IU Iowa news, a couple IU basketball notes. Also, a crazy proposal I read yesterday from the NCAA tournament. That it, it's, it was a whole bunch of things, but one about March Madness that for men and women, I really, really hope does not happen. And so we'll share that coming up here in just a moment. And a couple uh, IU notes from Big Ten, or let me say that again, a couple notes on former IU players that are playing professional basketball, uh, Thomas Bryant and Victor Oladipo specifically. Some good things have happened for them here in recent games, recent weeks, and I'll tell you about that here in, in segment number one. Later in the show, Wednesdays, we always get Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin has transitioned recently to the Stars beat writer covering the Indiana Pacers, but he's still on top of hoops. Uh, We're going to talk about IU Iowa today. We're also going to talk about uh, some of these NCAA proposals or discussion points uh, as well uh, when he's with us that uh, came out yesterday. And then later in the show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He always joins in our Wednesday program. We talk about local sports and high school basketball, especially this time of year. And so kind of get his thoughts on New Albany, Jeff, on Friday and some of the other things as we enter the 2023 portion of the high school hoop season. I know it's crazy to say this, but as we enter January, we are just a few months away from sectional basketball. Uh, The girls tournament gets here a few weeks before the boys in mid to late February. And of course, the boys tournament gets here those final days of February and those first few days of March. So, hard to believe that we are cruising through uh, the uh, really all the the sports seasons. Just the time gets away from us so quick. Uh, But, hard to believe we are cruising into postseason basketball. Uh, before you know it all right uh, that's the show lineup the service of Honey honeybake tam in new albany don't forget to check out our dinner package deals which are being offered you can dine in take them to go and curbside service is still available as well at Honey honeybake tam in new albany let's get into our headlines and as we do so uh, just my daily reminder as well the thornton's text line is open You got a question, a comment, a topic, something you want to share, something you want to ask one of our great guests on the program today, it's real easy. Just get your phone and send a text message to this number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line, and at Thornton's right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito and any fountain drink tea or Fizz Freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the Refreshing Rewards app and register today to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And let's take a look at some of these headlines today. First off, IU Iowa Thursday night, a 9 o'clock game. Boy, I don't know if I can make it up that late uh, here in the week back to work after the holidays. But some news from the Iowa side. There have been some injuries There have been some players out for the Hawkeyes in recent games. They had a loss earlier this week to Penn State. It's an Iowa team that had a loss at home back over the holidays to Eastern Illinois, so they've had some struggles, but they were projected to be a solid team in the Big Ten this year. It was announced yesterday that Patrick McCaffrey, he's the son of longtime Iowa coach Fran McCaffrey, who I know is kind of a fan favorite, I say that jokingly, of IU fans, he is going to take a leave of absence from the Iowa team. A statement was put out by him yesterday, also his father, Coach McCaffrey, due to some anxiety issues that he's having. And uh, very interesting and really concerning to hear about how his battle with anxiety has went on for some time. Recently it has peaked and really has uh, hurt his ability to prepare and perform on on the court uh, to the point where he feels like He needs to take an indefinite leave of absence to address his situation. He said in the the statement it could be two games, could be four games, it may be more, but he will return when he feels like himself. So, again, that's a loss for Iowa for sure, but it's also concerning to see uh, athletes and college students uh, you know, openly admit issues like that. And, and again, I think it's uh, power, more power to him and kudos to him for uh, putting that statement out publicly and for stepping away because, uh, as we've learned with the DeMar Hamlin situation earlier this week, there are a lot of things more important than sports. But definitely, McCaffrey will be missed, I'm sure, by the Iowa roster, the Iowa team, and uh, kind of an interesting situation there to, to follow. But it does sound like he will be out definitely for. A few games and uh, really has no plans, uh, definite plans to return. He's going to take it uh, on his own pace and again we wish him the best uh, as he gets those issues under control. Also a few other notes to pass along uh, from an IU perspective or, or really from a college basketball perspective. An NCAA committee that's been charged with wide-ranging examination of major college sports and what the future looks like for those sports released a series of recommendations on Tuesday that could really lead to some major changes for some of the most visible uh, sports and college programs there are. Uh, This was uh, now will be sent to the Division I Board of Directors. So none of this is final. There's no start date for any of this. None of it has officially been approved. But one of the things that the board will be asked to consider is to increase the number of schools in NCAA Division I championships across the board to 25% of schools sponsoring a given sport if the sport is sponsored by more than 200 schools. So that means, for example, men's and women's basketball which, according to NCAA data, was sponsored by about 350 schools last year during the 21-22 school year, it set up an increase from the current field of 68 teams in the men's and women's basketball championships to almost 90 teams. Can you imagine a bracket? Of nearly 90 teams in March for the men's and the women's NCAA championships. I'm all about expansion with the college football playoff. I think that's a little different, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's hard to just pick four. I think good teams get left out every year. I think the case for an underdog to make a run or to win a national championship does not really exist in college football. Of course, maybe you could argue TCU is an example of where uh, an underdog, a, a lesser program, according to most, was able to sneak in to the playoffs and now in the national championship game next week. But I just can't see 90 teams or so in the NCAA tournament. I think the NCAA tournament, the men's and women's basketball tournament specifically, uh, and, and Justin Kalen, the producer of this show, and I were talking about this before we were on the air today. It's one of the things in college sports that works. And I know you can always tinker with things. I know there's a lot of things that have been mentioned over the years, but I hate to see any changes with this great tradition to conclude the college basketball season. March Madness is special, It's not just a game or a weekend or a few weeks. It's a month-long affair for all of us, whether Indiana or other local teams are in or out of the tournament. It's just something in this area that we pay attention to. We talk about it at work. Our friends, if you're a sports person, it dominates, in many ways, your life for those three or four weeks. And so I would hate to see, even though a 90-team field could expand the tournament beyond a month, even though the 90-team field could expand the number of dates and weekends of games, I just don't know that it would that it would look right. I don't know that it would feel right. And so we'll talk more about this coming up a little bit later in the show today. But we'll see. The the Division I Board of Directors, and this was just one of a number of somewhat significant changes that they're going to have to consider and mull through and be, will be really interesting to see Uh, how they address this moving forward uh, with these recommendations. So I wanted to mention that. Also, college football playoffs, I know we talked some about them yesterday. Great football over the weekend. Looking forward to the national championship game, although I see Georgia as the big favorite. I hope TCU proves me wrong. I do want to mention that the Rose Bowl, I didn't really realize this, and I didn't watch the game, but Penn State, a big win, 35-21 over Utah Number 11, Penn State. Of course, IU fans familiar with Penn State football for sure. Number 8, Utah. But really, that that bowl marked the end of an era. It's the last time that the Rose Bowl will feature Big Ten versus Pac-12, at least for the foreseeable future. Because, and I, I'd forgotten this, but in 2023, or after this season, uh, the Rose Bowl is going to be a college football playoff semifinal game. So, The only way we would get a Big Ten team against a Pac-12 team in that game is if it just so happened to match up uh, that teams from those conferences were seeded against each other in the college football playoffs. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. The Rose Bowl, obviously, it's been up and down over the years. The college football playoffs maybe have taken away some of the lust of that old traditional game. But it will be going away, at least as we know it, uh, for the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. A couple notes on former IU guys in professional basketball. Uh, I have not had a chance to keep up with Thomas Bryant much with the Lakers. But I read that uh, he had 18 points, 15 rebounds and two assists in 36 minutes the other night. And really, he didn't get a lot of mention that night because LeBron James, I think it may have even been LeBron's birthday, he scored 43 points that night to kind of dominate all the headlines. But I tell you, Thomas Bryant is getting some real opportunity with the Lakers. And 18, uh, 18 points, 15 rebounds stat line uh, is really good. I know the Lakers have struggled. I know that they need some people to step up, and Bryant taking the most... Uh, of that opportunity. It seems like just a few days ago, and of course it's been a lot longer than this, he was playing uh, G League basketball. And so he has worked his way into the rotation. And I read a story this morning, somebody sent me that the Lakers uh, are thinking he's a real keeper and somebody that could maybe be a real key player, a role player at least, for them moving forward. If he keeps putting up stat lines and getting minutes like the other night, I think that's definitely going to happen for him. Miami Heat, Victor Oladipo, he's playing great defense. He scored double figures in two of the last games and kind of making his mark as a defensive leader for the Heat. So he's getting some good marks down in Miami as he returns to health as well. So great to see some of the former Hoosier greats having success. I think Oladipo, we probably expect him to have some level of success uh, in the NBA. Thomas Bryant, up and down. There was a time where I wondered what his NBA future would be like, but definitely uh, he seems to have a a groove going right now out in L.A. couple Big Ten notes as well, and just general college basketball thoughts from local teams last night. But I don't think we mentioned this. Michigan lost to Central Michigan, and uh, that, that was a really surprising score uh, over the holidays as we get ready for Big Ten basketball the rest of the way. Iowa, Eastern Illinois, I mentioned that earlier today, that game back over the holidays, I think before Christmas, was an odd uh, result as well uh, for a Big Ten team. Of course, earlier this week, it was Rutgers that knocked off number one, Purdue, uh, in a big game. And one other note, just kind of thinking about Big Ten basketball right now, had a chance to watch a little bit of Ohio State uh, in their last game, Bryce Sensiball, uh, freshman for the Buckeyes, really good. Uh, big, big potential for him. And I saw yesterday for the third consecutive week, since ball of Ohio State is big name, Big Ten Freshman of the Week. So uh, he is a name to watch in this conference. And when Indiana and Ohio State square off in the future, definitely a young, a new player, a new face on the Ohio State roster to watch uh, in the future that's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday January 4th we are in 2023 and headed to the back half of the week and of course the New Jeff game coming up on Friday we'll have that on the Big X and Thursday night Iowa and Indiana 8 p.m. pregame coverage 9 p.m. tip-off in that contest as Indiana returns to action after a nice long break over the holidays we'll head to a commercial break we'll come back with IU discussion Dustin Dopirac of the Indianapolis Star will join and we'll talk more about these NCAA proposals as well it wasn't just the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournament where there were some significant changes mentioned but we'll get Dustin's thoughts on that and more coming up stay with us this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this for
1: all the small schools who never had a chance to get here.
0: Join Matt daily at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. What's one for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
1: All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star always with us in this segment. Dustin is the Pacers beat writer for the Star, uh, but still joins us as we talk IU basketball, college hoops, and more. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin, we'll get to the IU-Iowa game coming up here in just a few moments. That's a Thursday night affair, but... First, your reaction to the NCAA, a committee studying a number of changes, uh, has recommended maybe a 90-team or so NCAA tournament for men's and women's basketball, which would be 25% of the membership that has men's and women's basketball programs. I love March Madness. I know that it's a changing time in college sports, so changes are probably going to happen with a lot of additional things of what we've already seen. But I can't even fathom, Dustin, a 90 team NCAA March Madness. I don't think I'd like it.
3: Yeah, no, I don't think I would either. I mean, I think um, I, you know. I mean, I'm sure we would enjoy it at the end of the day. Like, obviously, this this thing has expanded on so many levels for so many years, and you know, we we have come to just sort of accept that 64 is perfect and 68 is fine. It's not a big deal to add the four teams they did. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure we would still, you know, find a way to enjoy the fact that there'd be a few more, you know, like 17 and 14 Big East teams or whatever, or, or ACC teams or whatever it is. You know, I, I don't think it would ruin uh, the experience entirely, but... I, it does not feel necessary to me. You know, I, I don't know. I, I never kind of think, you know, at uh, at Selection Sunday, man, there's 26, you know, or, or, you know, what would it be? 22 more teams that need to be in this thing. I mean, sometimes i like maybe there should be three or four. You know, there's a couple teams in the NIT that I think ought to be able uh, to have a chance at this thing, and it's it's tough if they don't get it. Um you know, but I I don't think that there's there's 22. You know, I, I don't think that the entire NIT field uh, deserves to be the be, be in the NCAA tournament. Um, so I, I I don't I don't see the need for it. I don't see the requirement. I think 60, again the, the 64 style bracket works just fine. The play in games are fine. Uh, I I don't see I, I don't see the need for it. I mean I, I get. Um, you know, I, I guess I guess their their explanation is twenty five percent of participating teams. I mean, I, I just don't think twenty five percent of te- participating teams need to be there. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I guess that the teams you feel bad for are teams that have really good uh, seasons in mid mid to low majors. And I and I guess that there would be something that would require uh, them to get in, like a you know, uh, like you know, like regular season champions in. You know the the Mac would get in, um, you know, or something like that. And, and I don't know if that's the worst thing. And again, I, I don't, I, I don't think it would ruin the product, but I don't think it would be, would do anything for the product either.
1: One other thing, and there's a ton of uh, proposals that the Division One Board of Directors is now going to have to consider. But one of the others that caught my eye was this committee subcommittee suggests the NCAA create sport by sport management committees that would oversee sport-specific rules and policies in assigned areas, including the selection of postseason teams, and would have athlete representatives on the panel. Does that mean some players could be involved in picking the field for this 90-team March Madness?
3: I mean, I, I that's what it sounds <laughs> like. Uh, I haven't d- dug into that. I mean, athlete representation, I don't know that there would be, you know, you would imagine that they would do the same things um, to, um, that they would have sort of the same rules as far as bias, you know, like where where you have, uh, you know, you have athletic directors get kicked out of the room when their team or their conference is being discussed, and it's, you know, like whether or not this is going to benefit you. So, like, obviously, like, you don't get as a player to decide whether your team belongs in the tournament. Um, You know, I don't know what level... Of representation you can have. I mean, obviously, like for all that we're talking about, how you know, uh, the student athlete experience is changing with NIL and all these things. I mean, these kids still have to play and go to class. You know, like how much time do they have to uh, really dig in and, and watch teams? I mean, I think you could. I, I can imagine you know wanting advice or wanting to call a player up and say, "Hey, you know, like you you guys played both of these teams. Who do you think was harder to play? You know, I mean, I, I, I can imagine seeking that kind of Council out, and I think it's you know I mean that that seems like a creative way to do it. If athletic directors or, or presidents or whoever is involved in these committees would have an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm, I'm interested in knowing, you know what this you know this kid's a four year kid, you know like he's smart guy or, or whatever or smart woman, and like I I, I I would be interested to see you know who he thought was tougher to play uh, and who he thought belonged in the tournament. Um, you know I think there'd be some value there, but I don't know that you want to send. Um, you know, some some athletes. Uh, when are they going to have a chance to like sit in these boardrooms and watch games all day? You know, like I, I, I that that seems like an interesting thing, but I could I could see value. I I, I could see some level of value in, in being able to tap into uh, what the people who are actually playing in the games think about who belongs in some of these tournaments. I think some of that makes sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. I know we've said this before, but a changing time in college sports. There have been so many major changes around the game, around college sports as a whole. NIL is probably one of the more recent things. College football playoff, obviously, is evolving and changing as well. I think we probably knew that it was just a matter of time until there was some further tinkering with March Madness and NCAA tournaments. But I just was surprised to see, like you, the 90-team, 25% of the field mention if you said we're going to add four teams and have another first four pod or some sort of other situation like that i'm not sure that it would even get much reaction either way but boy the amount of teams that would be added if this does go through the division one board of directors would be staggering
3: yeah no it's, it's just a huge number i mean again i, I guess the, the justification is one 25 percent of the available teams uh, to get in you know, I'm not sure what we're up to in Division One. It seems like there's just every year there's a couple more, uh, and you get into that 340, 350 range. I don't know that they're at 360 yet, but I imagine that's coming soon. And, and I, again, I, I guess I get the justification that way um, because it's like, okay, you have really these five leagues that are taking up how much of a percentage uh, of the total bid. Uh, you know, ultimately really six, you're talking to the East, and then, you know, maybe 7, 8, 9, 10, we're talking about the Atlantic 10 and the Mountain West. I mean, basically, the overwhelming majority of bits are going to those schools. And there's a, you know, cluster of about 200-some-odd schools from which you're getting maybe 20. Um, You know, so I guess I get the justification that I presume... I presume that would be the deal. Is that it, like, that there would have to be... It would have to be slanted in such a way to make sure that you're getting, again, regular season conference champions from... You know, again, the teams that get your automatic bids to the NIT because they won the regular season conference championship and lost in the tournament. um, You know, I'm guessing those teams would get a guarantee, and that there's there's a a drive to make sure that more of those schools uh, are getting in, that they have more representation, that they have more opportunity, and and that it's not uh, solely based on an end of season tournament. I I get, I get that, I get the argument, but 90s a lot. You know, '90s a lot. That's that's the only thing I could say. I mean, the only yeah, again, like the only thing that uh, that that another, uh, you know, if, if you guarantee, yeah, you don't even get that. I was going to say that you could guarantee that every uh, conference regular season champion is in, but you couldn't actually guarantee that um, because basically, like, you would be adding 22 bits, but not 32, which would would be guaranteeing that the, every conference would have its regular season champion, uh, and you know. Um, And or the tournament champion, if that's somebody different. But it doesn't guarantee that. So, and and I don't trust the NCAA to, uh, and and the the way it's always operated to make sure that that those bids are going to smaller schools. I don't trust that. I presume that it'll just be more, uh, teams that are closer to just being 500 from the ACC. And and that I don't think is something, you know, that that is going to do anything for the product.
1: Yeah, I agree. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Let's talk a little bit about Indiana and Iowa. And before we get into the game, uh, an interesting and concerning announcement from Iowa yesterday that Patrick McCaffrey, he's the son of uh, Iowa coach Fran McCaffrey, he announced that he's going to take an indefinite leave of absence to deal with some anxiety issues that he's had that he said in a statement yesterday have really inhibited his preparation and performance. On the court, so uh, a key player for Iowa having some issues stepping away, and I think obviously this is a concern for Iowa and for their their team, their their performance. But I think it's something that to talk about generally for college athletes and all the expectations on them, and forgetting often that they are students first. Uh, so uh, kudos to Patrick for making this announcement and for having the uh, I guess the the uh, uh, ability and the goal to step up and take some time away to get himself correct before rejoining the team
3: yeah and and I mean good for him for seeing that he needs to do it for for you know but just for, sort of putting his mental health first is really it's really important because I mean like you know you, you I mean, I think everybody you know somebody in their life who has uh, serious anxiety, and you, you know that it can be it can be crippling. Um, and and when sort the pressure goes up, it can be really difficult for them to even function. So they need uh, opportunity to step away and take a break, and and you know step away from whatever it is they're doing. So good for him for stepping up and saying this is something I need. Good for Fran. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that's that, that's something to, to be pointed out. I mean, like I'm, I'm sure that um, you know there are you know plenty of cross pressures on him just for the simple fact that you know one the fact that he's just coaching and he he needs to win basketball games um but you know i'm sure that there are going to people who say okay well what's you know like coach's son man what's what's wrong What's, what's wrong with your kid um and you know like like is that your fault is that um you know like uh should you be letting him do this you know are you being are you not being tough enough on him whatever i mean like i'm sure there's all kinds of cross pressures uh, on Fran as a coach and as a dad um, to say, you know, what's on your right? You know, you, you need to step away. This is what's best for you, you know, and your health is more important than whatever this costs us. Whatever this costs Iowa basketball is fine, you know, and this is important. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's important for any coach to do it, but uh, you know, particularly when you're talking about a coach's son, I mean, there, there's just a lot that that goes into that relationship, um, and you know, there's that there's there's a lot of you know it can be fraught. I, I think in general. So I mean, I think that uh, for as much as everybody you know bags on Fran McCaffrey for being you know just uh, the, the intense sideline persona that he is, um, you know, I, I think it, it it shows you know good perspective that that he didn't say Patrick, you're not doing this. Um, you know, I, I think that's some, something to be applauded as well. Um, you know, again, you know, there's also the question of what what would he have got this opportunity if it wasn't his dad that was the coach? Is he, was he more understanding because he's his father? I don't know, but one way or the other, it's it's good on both of them to say that uh, that this is more important. That, that that his mental health is is being taxed in a way that is unhealthy, um, and that, that this is what's necessary, regardless of what it does to Iowa basketball.
1: Yeah, no question. I mentioned Iowa having some struggles recently. Uh, Earlier today I mentioned the Eastern Illinois loss at home before Christmas. And then recently, just to start the new year, a, a January 1 loss to Penn State. Eighty-three seventy-nine. That was a road game for the Hawkeyes. Really, it's three straight they've lost. In between Eastern Illinois and Penn State was a sixty-six fifty loss to Nebraska out in Lincoln. That was just before the new year. So this Iowa team definitely having some struggles coming into this Indiana game on Thursday.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that that I think Penn State's pretty good. Um, you know, that 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 looks like a, it, it might actually be a tournament team to me, and that's not a. Not a bad loss, obviously. You know, it's on. You know, it's a road loss. Obviously, losing on the road to Penn State uh, isn't. You know, it's not a difficult environment in the sense of it being packed. I'm sure on January 1st there was probably nobody there um, because it's always there on Christmas. And again, I'm a Penn State grad, so I can say this. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're obviously still dangerous. They're still Iowa. Uh, they still do the things that they do. They're, they're Going to run up and down the floor. They've got people who can score. They've got another Murray twin who's turning into you know being just as productive as the other one. Uh, you know who was East, you know, Western Conference Rookie of the Month this month. Um, so you know they're, they're, they're tough, but you know again, you take Patrick out and there is less uh, you know less overall firepower. Again, you 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 have Chris who's really carrying the. the uh, carrying everybody, you have Philip Baraka as as, as a big man in there who's uh, you know scoring inside. Uh, you don't have the sort of array of shooters that you're used to seeing. Uh, you know, from those guys, obviously they've moved on from Jordan Bohannon, and uh, you know, uh, geez, I'm trying to just think of all of the you know knockdown Iowa guys that they've had in guards in, in recent years, uh, and they don't have as much of that. Obviously, Connor is still there making shots. Uh, but there's less overall firepower on that roster, so it does give Indiana an opportunity, uh, especially when they are reeling a little bit. Um, you know, this this is a chance for for Indiana to get them. But I mean, they they you know play really well at home generally uh, because they can run because it's you know a lot of what they do is about making shots. You're still going to make more shots at home than they are on the road. Um, so it it is tricky, and they have, they have had. Uh, issues with Murray Twins in the past. Obviously, the Murray's getting going in the uh, the Big Ten final. You know, the Big Ten uh, championship was the reason why Iowa won that game. So, you know, they still have to be, uh, in the end, still has to be concerned about what's coming. But Iowa is uh, hitting a little bit of a rough patch here.
1: Dustin Nopirak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Dustin, uh, more on the game Thursday. Tamar Bates is going to be inserted into the starting lineup for Indiana, according to Coach Woodson on his Monday night radio program. Trey Galloway goes to the bench. He'll lead the uh, second unit, as Coach Woodson put it. Thoughts on Tamar and this uh, maybe deserving, I think, opportunity for him?
3: Yeah, know I think this was kind of a clear thing that had to happen. I mean, he's he's been one of their more reliable scorers recently, uh, and I think you got to get uh, you know he's getting 22 minutes a game off the bench. I mean, I think you got to step that up. I and mean, he's uh, you know uh, looking across the board here: 52.3 percent from the floor, 41.7 percent from three. Uh, just those are really good numbers, really good efficiency numbers. You know, averaging 9.2 per game, and with uh, you know when when you're out, a creator in Xavier Johnson, it's it's just kind of an obvious move. As much as again. Respect, the, you know, respect Trey Galloway so much. Obviously, for for everything that, that he's done uh, at his time in Indiana, and he's got you know pretty good shooting numbers this year. Uh, shooting fifty six point four percent from the four, uh, eight of eighteen for th- from three. You know, he's hitting the open ones. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that he's doing well. So I don't I'm, I'm, I don't say that to knock Trey, but I think. Tomorrow ultimately has just more scoring capacity, and with Johnson gone, you really need that. I mean, he's a true three-level scorer, you know, guy that can get to his zone in the mid-range, can get to the rim, and and can reliably shoot threes, and uh, is, you know, is quick to pull the trigger on those, is, is looking for that shot. Uh, and I, I think you just need to have that. You know, again, when you're playing, he's going to be playing next to a freshman point guard who obviously is okay with get going after his own shot as well, in Jalen Hurduffino. But again, you just really need somebody that can create. You know, that they can get buckets, and they've you know, offensively, they've been a little bit stagnant. Uh, I think I, I think Bates is really what what you need here. It's it's I think uh, you know sort of really his time. Um, and you know, again, he's, he's performed really well. I, I, I think just you're seeing a lot of just really good. Uh, performance from him just stacked on top of each other, it just seemed like the obvious move. Uh, it, it seemed like it was clearly the time of to, going down his uh, game-by-game stats to figure out just just how much of this is coming lately. But, but it's it's been, you know, a, he has performed really well, uh, I, I think, in recent games. I think it's time for, for him to be rewarded, especially against just, just all the progress he's made since last season, which was a little bit disappointing. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's really time for him to get more minutes and be able to start.
1: And Dustin, it sounds like that Trace Jackson Davis is nearing uh, a return and perhaps getting back healthy again. Coach Woodson on his Tuesday morning Zoom press conference uh, said that really Monday's practice was the first time he had been out there with any sort of contact at all. So if this holiday break where IU actually got some time away from Bloomington uh, is going to be a good thing. I think it might be best for Trace Jackson-Davis, who had simply some time to recover and let his body perhaps get healthy again.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, has he even said what it is at any point? Has he said what? Um, sorry about that. Have they at, at, at any point said, you know, what he's dealing with or just that he's beat up? I mean, has, I don't has think there's been, specific- there's been any –
1: I don't think there's been yeah, any specifics other than early in the year when he missed that first game with a wrist. Uh, with the that wrist thing. Brace thumb. Yeah. Thumb. Yes. Thumb brace.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, I don't like. I mean, it's like they've been pretty. Uh, I mean, if you're missing that much time, it's not general wear and tear. Like there's got to be something specific. Um, and obviously, if, if Michael Wilson doesn't want to say what that is, uh, that tells you that they're obviously concerned about protecting it, which I get. You know, uh, again. It would, you know, we are always, you know, pushing for injury information, we're a about about this, um, but, you know, because we want to be specific, fans want to know how long is somebody going to be out, and, and especially after they've watched enough sports, and you kind of get an idea, of, okay, well, if you, if you have this injury, it keeps you out for this long, that injury keeps you out for that long, and you start to get a sense of it over, over time, but uh, if, you know, that doesn't do anything for you as a coach, you're not really trying to put that information out there, you know, because you're... Especially when it comes to something that uh, you know that that you want to protect, you don't necessarily want opponents knowing where it is. Uh, And so, I I I get that, I understand where it's coming from. So there there must be something specific that's been that's been really hampering him. Whether it was the back, I don't know. Uh, But uh, that's obviously one or another is obviously good news. They're they're getting closer to it, but it does tell me that there was more going on, Uh, or not there was more going on. There was something like you know not serious but uh, that, that legitimately was hampering him going on uh, that he was dealing with it that it was keeping him off the floor for that long I kind of figured that there would be that all of this space that they had between games uh, would be you know more than enough for him to get back healthy um, and you know if it was general wear and tear you know he would have been back I think earlier um, so you know one way or another they, they could obviously use him you know they certainly need their best player back out there and you know, have it the same team uh, It certainly just makes a difference when they don't have him as an
1: option. I think that's our alarm, Dustin, that our (laughs) segment time is up. All right. Dustin 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 Dopirak. Absolutely. (laughs) Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, as always, thanks for the chat. Keep up the great work on the Pacers. We'll talk with you next week. Happy New Year.
3: Absolutely. Happy New Year, too. Thanks so much for having me.
1: All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Come back and switch uh, gears. Local sports next and high school basketball with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Big New Albany Jeff game this Friday, but that's not all. There's some other big uh, high school games this weekend and some other topics to cover as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, best of all, he will round here is treated like a god. I mean, I Join Matt Daily at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison.
1: And we're back with you here on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is with me on Wednesdays. And, Josh, we made it through the holidays and lots of holiday basketball, but now it's time for some big rivalry games and some also some big conference games coming up in New Albany and Jeffersonville, one of the great rivalries in the Hoosier State. It'll headline everything on Friday night. Yep,
2: it's time to get uh, time to get down to business now as, uh, as the new year comes around and uh, we get some of these some of these big games and yeah, it's going to be that's definitely the headline game for Friday night. Uh, you know, a huge uh, huge rivalry game between those two teams. It's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting. You know, um, uh, both teams I think have a winning record, so that's uh, that's always good and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully there'll be a big crowd at. Uh, uh, Johnson arena on on Friday night uh, you know there, there should be uh, you know, there's plenty of reasons to but uh, you know hopefully hopefully there will be
1: Josh Jeffersonville's record has been dinged a bit recently uh, they went up to Indianapolis and took on two very good teams in Pike and north Central both of them were losses so the Red Devils are now five and four on the year but the young players so many sophomores getting really key minutes Uh, In fact, sometimes it's an all-sophomore starting lineup for the most part. That type of experience, going against the cathedrals in game one of the season, playing Warren Central at a showcase at Charlestown, again, the tournament up at North Central, the showcase at North Central, those are real opportunities to get better. And as this Jeff Keene comes back to southern Indiana playing local competition in the Hoosier Hills Conference, I'll be curious to see how they maybe begin to put it together here in the second half of the year.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. And they, you know, they've they've played what nine games, so um, they've played about half their season. But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I'm sure Sean Wilkerson's uh, you know, hoping for the same thing that that these uh, these tough games that they've played will will prepare his team for uh, for you know the the postseason or some of the tougher games that they're going to play down here in the Hills mm-hmm. conference. So, you know, we'll uh, we we'll definitely start to see that Friday night. You know, they they, you know, as you said, they've got. Just a ton of great talent in that sophomore class. So uh, we'll see if those guys can uh, uh, can show you know, the, the experience that they've had uh, in the first half of the season. Maybe we'll pay off here in the second half.
1: Talking with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. New Albany, Jeff, Josh, it's not the only big game this weekend. This is really a good weekend as far as local hoops go and some rivalry feels
2: oh yeah definitely you got to talk about uh, uh Clarksville and providence and the town championship after that you know that's that was a, that was a good uh, good night with the with the girls and boys doubleheader that they play. so you know that that should be a fun one too uh you know um providence obviously got a big big win last night against uh, southwestern previously unbeaten southwestern that was kind of a very kind of a statement win for the pioneers uh you know who, or you know, uh, from from my money, maybe the maybe the second best team in the state behind Brownstown, once if they're 100 percent healthy, and uh, you know, so we'll we'll see how. Uh, and, and Clarksville just came off a come off a win uh, last Friday night, I believe, or Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night, I think. But um, you know that that should be a, that should be a good game. And then you know, I think we've also got uh, Borden and New Wash on that night, so that's a, that's another good game. Uh, uh, Southern Athletic Conference game, not not uh, not sexual sectional foes anymore. Uh, so, you know that that'll be a good game. And then uh, also Friday, I think uh, Floyd travels to Corden, so that'd be a that'd be a really uh, interesting game too. Floyd uh, Floyd also went up to Indy for a holiday tournament and uh, split two games. So that'll be interesting. I saw Corden a little bit last night against Rock Creek, so that that uh, you know that shapes up to be a very intriguing game too Friday night.
1: Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, I want to mention a game that took place last night, Providence, with a win over Southwestern of Hanover. That's been a really good sectional battle the last few years. I think uh, uh, Southwestern 10-1 and on the season now, but maybe not near as good as what they have been in recent seasons still for Providence without uh, Casey Kalin. I think that every time... I feel like we talk about Providence, we first note that Kalen is out injured. But I tell you what, last night, Noah Lovin, I mentioned he's been playing great, 21 points. He continued uh, his great performance there from the holiday tournament at Silver Creek. Quentin Hesse stepped up with 17 points, Grant Seabold 15. This Providence team is a team of multiple weapons, and I think that you never want to see a player out, obviously, especially someone like Casey Kalen, but his absence has allowed some others to step up. And if Providence gets everybody back and healthy, uh, they've got multiple ways to beat you. Their defense is good. They've got multiple offensive threats now. Uh, at times, they can shoot the basketball really well from the outside. This is a team that I think is very dangerous. And I said this earlier in the week, as we enter the new year, they're the team to watch here in southern Indiana, our immediate area, I believe. Oh, yeah, I would I would definitely
2: agree with that, you know. Uh uh they they have plenty of talent and they'll have even more once uh once casey gets back i think they're hoping to get him back what maybe by the end of this month uh but yeah i mean they're they're really gaining a lot of experience without him for some of those younger kids so i mean they're going to be you would like you would like to think that they'll be battle tested by the time that uh the end of the year runs rolls around you know they've still got some uh some big games coming up in the second in the new year. I know they play what they play. Jeff, New Albany. You know they've got some tough, tough, tough games against 4 opponents. So, you know, those will those will them for the postseason too, and and playing in uh, you know in in every other section on the state. You know, I would uh, I would put them in Class Two. I would put them as the favorite, except except for the one they're in now, unfortunately, because Brownsdale's in it. So, you know. uh uh, that's that's going to you know that's that's just the way it is. But uh, you know, if any team can beat out, I, I would think it would be Providence. You know, Southwestern's coach said they had the took Providence had the best uh, defense in Southern Indiana last night, and uh, you know they've uh, they've shown that in the past. You know, last year in the state championship game, they definitely showed that um, uh, against season. So you know, we'll see what they can uh, what kind of game plan. Uh, which I'm sure they're working on, and they they're uh, continue to work on that the Providence and, and uh, Ryan Miller and his staff have for uh, Jack Benner come, uh, come tournament time. But, yeah, that, Providence is definitely a team to watch here in, the, here in the new year, that's for sure.
1: Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. I know we always keep an eye on local college players that have went on to have big careers, Sean East of Missouri, um, getting some uh, getting some real pub and playing well. And there are other uh, other examples, really multiple examples of guys out there that are doing big things. I saw uh, that uh, Jake Hydebreeder of Floyd Central continues to put up some big numbers from Air Force. And in fact, I think Hydebreeder and Trey Coleman of Jeff, his Nevada team, I think they played each other recently.
2: Yeah, they played uh, what, last week, I think. And and Trey's uh, uh, Steve Alford's uh, team, uh, Nevada, got got the best of. Uh, uh, Jake and Air Force, but uh, you know that's that's awesome that you know two local kids who who grew up within you know I don't know ten twenty miles of each other you know travel uh, across the country and and play in a conference and uh, uh, you know out west which is pretty uh, pretty awesome but it, you know just shows you the, the level of talent that uh, that exists here in Southern Indiana and and has existed for for uh, for quite some time you know those those kids were. You know, Trey was an all-star. Jake, you know, should have been, but he was in a, you know, just a stacked class that year, so he had a tough road. But uh, uh, those two kids, just, just uh, you know, outstanding players, and, and it's just awesome to see them uh, continue to succeed, you know, both of them start too for their respective teams. So um, so that's just awesome. You know, that was, that, that was cool to see that happen. So, you know, congrats, uh, congrats to them and hopefully continued success for those guys.
1: Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, happy New Year. Keep up the great work with your coverage. And I'll catch you out at the New Albany Jeff Affair on Friday night.
2: Sounds good, Matt. Thanks so much. Have a great one.
1: Absolutely. That's going to wrap things up. Don't forget to check us out as a podcast. If you missed the live show, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Wherever you listen to podcasts, and you will find us there. We'll be back Thursday at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.